Welcome to my channel. This is Mario Lord, also known as Real Estate Guru PK. On this channel, we talk about my real estate endeavors. We also have the top real estate producers and the top entrepreneurs in the country. Be sure to click the link below with Justin P with his Support Black Colleges marketing course. Also with Jason White's Crack the Code affiliate link, click that below as well. Also to support the channel, Weeble and One Finance, Chase Discover Robinhood and Public a stock trading app. We hope you enjoyed this episode. This is Real Estate Guru PK signing up. How y'all doing? Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Guru PK Podcast. I got a special guest, uh, Calvin Cannon Jr. Um, I just, I literally just met him this weekend. <laughs> Straight out of Philly. Yeah. He got like 72 rental properties. Um, He's just been, he's like, what, over like 10, 15 years? I've been in real estate for 31 years. 31 years? Oh, yeah, okay, 31 cool. 31 years in real estate. So uh, where you, where you want to start? What, what play you want to start? <laughs> oh, man, we can start from the beginning, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's, yeah. let's talk about your story. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, yeah, um, from Philly, 215, uh, born and raised, um, you know, been doing real estate since 1991. Mm -hmm. uh, got my first property um, when I was going to Temple University. You know, got a stipend check from college. Used that stipend check to uh, buy my first duplex. How much was that? $5,000. That was it? Yeah, it was 5000 So, you know, when, when you're in college, right, um, you know, you get something like a, a stipend check is basically what you get to get your books, your food, and for your room and board. Mm -hmm. So, for me, I was trying to get out of my parents' house, right? So, I had, uh, I applied for my stipend check, but I applied really, really late for the semester, so that means that I didn't get it at the same time that everybody else got theirs. So when mine's finally came, the semester was over. So I, I'm sitting on a check of five grand, right? Mm -hmm. I'm 17 years old. So, you know, it was, it was a little special to me. So um, I wanted to get out of my parents' house. I found a duplex for $5,000. So I acquired that, um, you know, stayed there for about six months, um, you know, out of my parents' house. And then, uh, you know, a, a professional pharmaceutical gentleman, you know, was running his own pharmaceutical company. Uh, he saw me uh, leaving out the house one day, and it was like, you know, he wanted to buy that for sixty thousand. Sixty thousand. Sixty thousand. So now this is back in the nineties. So and and in my mindset, I'm thinking like, yo, this this is a good thing, right? You know, seventeen, eighteen year old kid with sixty thousand dollars. I thought I thought that that was it. I thought I made it. Mm -hmm. So I sold the property to him, and uh, I find out about you know four or five years later that particular property, that same property, was worth over two hundred and fifty thousand. And then now, even today, the property is worth now over four hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah, that's 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 how I got started. You know, my first real estate deal was not a great deal. <laughs> but, but, I mean, yeah. you flipped that 60, though, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I flipped the 50. I'm sorry. I, I flipped the five. I got the 60, right? So, then I flipped the 60, and I went apart and uh, bought some more quads and uh, some more single-family homes. But had I had a mentor, if I had somebody that can teach me all about real estate and somebody to tell me, hey, listen, young fella, you know, hold tight on that duplex. Don't sell so fast, mm -hmm. right? Uh, hold on for a little minute, a little bit, because real estate always goes up. Um, had I known that and had the guidance to be able to have a little bit of patience, you know, instead of getting sixty, I could have got four hundred and fifty. Mm -hmm. you know, so my portfolio, instead of be, being seventy-two doors, it could have been maybe over a hundred doors. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, just 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 having that uh, experience taught me how to be a better investor. Um, taught me how to uh, learn the real estate game a little bit better. Um, at that time, you know, I started buying other properties, started renting them out. Um, then I finally did get a mentor. Mm -hmm. um, then that mentor, a gentleman by the name of George Anderson, 
Uh, he taught me how to start putting properties into my LLC versus just putting them in my name. So then I started learning how to leverage the LLC game. Um, and then at that point, I just, you know, I never turned back. How many LLCs you got? Uh, right now, I'm sitting on about 15 LLCs. 15? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's let's talk about the the LLC play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You was talking about we was talking about uh, mentorship and yeah. you was talking about getting an LLC just for mentorship. Yeah. So yeah. how how if somebody got an LLC just for mentorship, how would they go about it? So you know when it comes to the LLCs, right? A, a lot of people talk about LLCs and 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 we develop LLCs, but we don't utilize them the proper way all the time, right? So, you know, if you think about an LLC, which is a limited liability company, how I look at it is if, you know, when people get Christmas gifts, birthday gifts and things like that, mm -hmm. instead of buying liabilities to give your loved ones, you really should be giving your loved ones LLCs. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're trying to get an LLC for mentorship, right, you will create that LLC. You will put some time into the LLC. So uh, uh, what we call is your LLC being seasoned. Right. And, and, and the bank call it your LLC just having some age on it. But even a brand new LLC, if you get into real estate, your LLC doesn't have to be seasoned at all. Mm. If you're looking for funding for your LLC, your LLC have to be at least seasoned for 12 months to 24 months, which is a year to two years, if you wanna get a line of credit. Um, if you're just looking to get a business credit card, your LLC can actually be seasoned for a few months. That way you can just apply for the business credit card. So if you're somebody that's trying to look to leverage your LLC, leverage your business, right? You get that LLC, you let it season up, and then you go to the bank, you apply for something called a no-doc loan. Um, and inside of this no-doc loan play, right, the bank give you up to $49,999 for one LLC. So you can imagine if you got multiple LLCs, how much more money that, that you can gather up and put in the bank. Okay. Why, why do you give out so much game for free? Like, <laughs> we will sitting at the table and it was like this random guy just sat with us and he just was like talking to us and... Yeah. Like the, the the plays you're giving them, I was thinking in my head, like you should have charged them, like told them to pull out his credit card real quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you know what? Um, for me, you know, my life hasn't always been the most smoothest life ever, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, I had some challenges, you know, uh, medical conditions where I made a promise to God that if He put me back on my feet and, and allowed me to continue to bless the people and bless His children, that I would pour out and give everything that I got, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, uh, so many times, so many people give up information and they charge you for it. Uh, my goal is that my free information is going to be better than some people paid information. Mm, so, so, yeah, yeah. So I, I like to give to the people because, you know, when you help somebody get to the next level, that's only blessings coming back for more blessings. So I believe in blessing the people. Okay. Um, we was talking about the, uh, I was talking about my halfway house. I was telling you, I, yeah. I said, I was getting 500 a door, and then you said yeah. you get 900 a door on one of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, you were talking about the kitchen play. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so a lot of times, like for me, myself, being an investor, I always keep a diverse portfolio. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that, you know, I keep maybe some Section 8 government housing. I'll keep some conventional tenant, which is your traditional tenant that will pay regular rent. I will keep some VA tenants, right? So one of my VA plays that I do in Philadelphia, I have a three-bedroom house. Um, inside of that home, I'm going to rent out my rooms per room, $900 per room. So, you know, when you take that $900 times three, that's $2,700. But inside of my lease, right? So one of, the, one of the things I teach in my Octagon Business Strategy Program is that we teach you to block off the kitchen, not physically block it off, but you block it off with your lease and your documentations. So the person that you're renting to does not have access to the kitchen. So when you don't have access to the kitchen, now you can sell platters three times a day, breakfast, lunch, mm. and dinner at $12 a pop. So 12 times three is $36.
right? So you take the $36 and you time it by seven times the three people that's inside of the, the, the rooming house, you know, so now, now you're talking about an extra 700, you know, $750 per month to go towards that residual income of the $2,700 that you already get. Okay. Yeah, so we break the play down nice. Okay. Can we talk about like how much money you, you paid for mentorship and how come you, you yeah. spent so much doing yeah, yeah. it? So, you know, a lot of times people don't, don't believe in paying, right? So, uh, uh, one of my mentors taught me is that when you don't pay, you don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I was, I, I took a vow that I'm going to invest in myself. I can't continue to teach other people if I'm not learning more information myself. So within the last two years, I've probably spent anywhere over 250 to $300,000 just in mentorship, right? Just getting in a room, just getting some information from individuals. Um, because, you know, when you get into the right room and you're around people that talk like you, walk like you, grind like you, Right. It's going to rub off on you to where as though you're going to elevate your business to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. If you still sitting around broke friends, you're going to be the next broke friend. OK. You know what I mean, so, right. you know, millionaires talk different. Right. So when you're in a room full of millionaires, it's not the same conversation you are when you're sitting at, you know, on, on the corner with somebody or if you're just sitting in the club with somebody or, or if you're just sitting online with somebody. Millionaire conversation is different. You know what I mean? So I had to get my ears around millionaire conversations so I can get my vocabulary. I, I can get my words right. I can get my my actions right so I can start building my companies to million dollar companies. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about your upbringing a little bit? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. For like, sure. you know, with your moms and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, um, I'm born and raised, you know, in Philadelphia. My mom, you know, was a single mom. Uh, my dad was around. Right. So he was there. Um, but my dad was in the nightlife. So my dad owned uh, three bars in Philadelphia, um, you know, and being as though he owned those bars, you know, he was always out on the late night. So my mom really wasn't going for that. Right. So just, you know, strong black woman. She, you know, you ain't in the house by one, two o'clock. She ain't going for that. So eventually my parents split up um, and, you know, my dad always been an entrepreneur. Um, my mom was the vice president of, of Colonial Penn Insurance Company for a while. Um, and then, you know, she retired. So I've always had the entrepreneur spirit in me. Um, but, you know, just watching my mom grind and watching my mom every day go to work. And, you know, she never asked her mom, which would be my grandma for anything. Right. So, you know, uh, my mom taught me that, you know, you got to go out and get it. Only thing you have to ask people was questions and directions. You know I mean, you know, the, the, the grind and, and being able to get to the next level is all within you. You know, you can get the information, but the grind is so separate. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I watched my mom do what she did. So, you know, uh, um, that put me in position to make sure that. Once I got in position to do the right things that I'm retiring my whole entire family. I mean, it started with my mom. You know, once I started making the right amount of money, um, I retired my mom. I paid off all her debt, all her bills, you know, and then, you know, put, put her in her dream house. You know, so that way she can live the rest of her life feeling debt free and feeling free that she can do what she want to do. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks on that, King. All right. Um, can we talk about the oct octagon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the Octagon Business Strategy um, is the academy that I have. And what we do is we teach entrepreneurs how to have creative ways of getting wealth by means through real estate. So in the Octagon Business Strategy, I'm teaching you how to go back to, you know, the foundation. And the foundation is your LLC. You know, sometimes we jump into businesses and we do different things, but we forget about to go back and forget, you know, go back and get our breakfast. Right. Mm. So that breakfast and, and structuring your LLC is going is what's going to help you leverage your LLC to the next level. So we teach you how to build your LLC the proper way. Then we teach you how to have an LLC formation company. So everything that I teach, I teach you how to do. Then I teach you how to take your LLC and get funding. I teach you how to get as much funding as you can get. And then we transition that funding into real estate. 
And then from real estate, you can transition to property management. You can transition to Airbnb. You know, real estate is just a tool, right? Money isn't the end all be all. A lot of people want to be rich, mm-hmm. but rich is not the goal, right? Money is a tool to open up the door for wealth for you to be able to control your time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying so. So that's what the Octagon business strategy is all about, helping you understand the wealth. Right. So, you know, one thing that people always say is that, you know, do money grow on trees and money grows on trees when you plant seeds. Mm-hmm. So you got to plant those seeds from the origination of where your foundation is, which is the LLC. So you can continue to have generational wealth from time at the time and time at the time. What, what does OPM mean to you? Mm-hmm. Other people's other people's money. Right. So. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we, we we step into things and we use our own financials and, and, and our own financing. Right. You don't want to do that. Right. So a lot of times, you know, even from my upbringing, you know, watching my mom, everybody like to use cash. Mm-hmm. Right. And I got to teach people all the time that cash is trash. Right. Cash is trash. And they say, oh, well, what about credit and cash flow? And I say, listen, credit is the cousin of cash. So that makes credit a trashy cousin. Mm-hmm. Right. The key to success is cash flow. Cash flow is king. So once you are able to acquire a certain dollar amount on your own, you take that dollar amount to a financial institution and let them match that. And then the profit that you get, you place that profit into a, a, a whole life life insurance policy, an IUL, and then you pull out of the IUL where you're paying yourself back. So that way you become your own bank. So you go from OPM to BYOB. BYOB. Yeah, be your own bank. Uh, can you talk about the Bank of America play? Yeah, yeah. So, so. Though with uh, Bank of America, so Bank of America is an institution that will lend out to small businesses, right? So a lot of people that's tapping into like Toro and doing different things like that, they might go to Navy Federal or they'll go to Bank of America. With Bank of America, though, they'll give you a lease fleet loan where you can get multiple vehicles on top of that loan. So you don't have to worry about getting one Toro car if you want to run the Toro play. You can go to Bank of America and get a fleet loan where you can get multiple cars and you can get started in the business a little bit faster. Okay. Um, that's just something. How how how? We we talked about Philly a little bit. Like you yeah. got most of your rental properties in Philly, right? Yes, sir. And then we're talking about um, going to uh, Cleveland. Yeah. And then you said like you couldn't go to Cleveland because you got to like physically touch everything. You got to see everything. You got to understand the numbers. Absolutely. So you know you you can buy real estate from anywhere as long as the numbers make sense. But somebody like me, like. I don't teach what I don't do, right? You got a lot of entrepreneurs out here and I, and I try to let people know that it's cool to be an entrepreneur, but for me, I'm a dopreneur, mm. right? So everything that I talk about, I do. So in order for me to go buy in another state, I would like to go to that particular state, find out what's going on with the market, check the ARVs, make sure that it makes sense, and then I'm going to invest. I don't like to do blind investments because that's where you make a lot of your mistakes, right? So I, even though I know we're going to go to Cleveland and we're going to pick up some properties, I want to go out there first. You know, and I, I, I want I want to check out the land, right? I want to build my sandbox out there so I know how to I know how to play the game. Um, some people don't have to go out there. Some people just buy because the numbers online make sense. But you make a lot of you make a lot of errors by doing that and you take a lot of lessons. So for me, because I'm not familiar with the area, I'm going to take the investment within myself to fly out there, find out what's going on, link with some people that's out there that's already doing it, pick their brain, right? Invest into them, right? Mm-hmm. Add some value. I don't want to just go out there to take information. I'm going to go out there, sign up for some mentorship, sign up for some programs, right? Invest into some of the people that's in the Cleveland area so they can teach me how to walk through the walk and make sure that I'm investing in the proper way. Man, I had I had a, like a long drawn out eviction like a couple of years ago. Oh man! And um, <laughs> you you basically told me I could have got rid of him faster because he had a dog. 
Yes. Oh, so, you know, so one of the things that we teach in my academy um, in the Octagon Business Strategy is that when the pandemic hit and uh, a, a lot of tenants, you know, either forced or decide not to pay their rent. Mm -hmm. One thing that happens when people start going at the financial attributes, right? Tenants not paying their rent. The first thing you're thinking is, I want my money, right? But when you think about the situation, the money is already gone. Mm -hmm. The tenant already stopped paying. So instead of you going after the money, you go after the rules and regulations of your lease. So when you go to court and you ask for hate, you know, you're asking the judge to give you a judgment because the tenant didn't pay. Well, with the, with the um, random that kicked in, the, the, the tenants were protected. The landlords weren't protected. So what I did was I strategized with my attorney and my attorney told me, he said, listen, if you're willing not to go after the money, and you're willing to go after the rules and regulations, we can get this person out in two weeks. I said, I said, during a pandemic? Absolutely. So when I went to the courtroom, I didn't ask for the money back. I asked to have the tenant removed because the tenant had a pet. And inside of my lease, it says no pets. My tenant downstairs is allergic to cats. So I told the judge, listen, they got to go. Mm -hmm. The judge awarded me the eviction. I had the person out within two to three weeks. How many, how many of those did you do? Uh, we did about four of them during the pandemic. Okay. So you didn't miss a beat then? Didn't miss a beat. I mean, it cost me money for the attorney, yeah. but I didn't miss anything because I didn't ask for any money, right? So a lot of times, you know, uh, when you want the money, rules and regulations come with that because if somebody's having a hardship, there isn't a hardship for you to have a cat that's illegal that's supposed that's not on your lease. Is it, it? You know, uh, when you break a lease rule and regulation that's not attached to something financial, that's not a hardship. But the court system, the reason why a lot of landlords don't win is because they go after something that's financial, which the tenant can prove that they're having a hardship right now. So what attorneys and, 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 and lawyers do and judges do, they give the tenant more time. You don't need more time to get rid of a cat. Mm -hmm. right? You don't need more time to get rid of a dog. You don't need more time to, you know, uh, uh, to, to change a violation that you have on a lease. Now, some, some judges may say, well, can you get rid of the cat? Now, if you don't have a, a plan, a plan B, right? And my plan B was the tenant downstairs is allergic. So that means that even if you get rid of the cat, I got to go in and, and, and inspect the building. I got to make sure all the cat scent is, mm -hmm. scent is out of there. So to make things a little bit better, I don't want you to get rid of your cat. I want you to, to leave together. The cat is part of your family. Mm -hmm. So you and the cat can go somewhere else because you're not supposed to have a cat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that, that, that's how you got to kind of look at the situation. But the, 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 whole, the, the whole key is we got to stop going after the money. The money is gone. The more time you chase money and you know that you're not going to get it, right? So let's say the judge do award you to get the money for the eviction. It's going to cost the landlord more money to get the money from the tenant. You have to file for the money, right? And then even once you win the filing of the judgment, and let's say the tenant does pay you, now you got to go back to court and release the judgment off the tenant, which is costing you more money. Mm -hmm. So if you calculate all the times you go into court, money for an attorney, the money that you, you know, for, for the fees and filing for paperwork, by the time you get your money back, it's already spent. Mm -hmm. So I don't go after the financial attributions. My thing is time. I got more time. I got less time. I mean, I'm sorry. I got more time behind me than I got in front of me. Right. More time behind me than I got in front of me. I don't have time to be chasing somebody wasting time. Time is of the essence. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times people think that you're going to live to 100. People don't live to 100 these days anymore. So sometimes when we look at it and we say that, you know, the, the, the midlife of, of, of your life being halfway over is the age of 50, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you over the hill when you have 50. Well, that's no longer true anymore, right? The midlife is at 35. Most people only live into 65 to 70. If you get to 65, 70, you really blessed. 
So if we keep thinking in our mindset that we got to live to 100, we never going to make it. So we work in these jobs. We stay in a position to make sure that we get to 50 because mm. we think we got another 50 coming and we don't have another 50 coming. Let's talk about jobs real quick. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. So you was talking about you got sick and um, yeah, you got sick. And before you, you even like asked for like time off, they already had your job like um, yeah, already like trying <laughs> to hire somebody else already before you even came back. Yeah. So so um, I was working for a corporation, a company. I gave a corporation about 20 years in my life. Um, during that time when I was working, um, I had got diagnosed with, with prostate cancer. Right. So I was battling my life. You know, I was on I was on my deathbed. Um, I called my job, I called my supervisor and I'm like, listen, you know, um, I just got diagnosed with with, with, with cancer. And then, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be. My job called me and said, uh, how much time do you think you need? I said, excuse me. They said, how much time do you think? I said, I, I just told you I got cancer. I, I don't know how much time I'm going to need. Right. So what I learned during that process is that, you know, jobs will have your job posting on the posting board before the ink on your obituary dries, right? Sometimes you at work and you're training your replacement, right? Mm -hmm. Your job is saying, hey, listen, you, you're going to be training this particular person this week. And then you find out later that that person is, you're, it's came, that person came to the job to replace you, mm -hmm. right? So we spend so much time and so much energy inside of these jobs, not knowing that the job is holding us back. I ask people all the time, what's the difference between your job and prison? Right. They're both institutionalized systems. They're both institutionalized facilities. Right. Every day you on a highway driving to work, you're driving to work with the same group of people who you are imprisoned with at your job. Mm -hmm. They tell you when to take a lunch break. They tell you when to take your lunch break. They tell you when you got to punch in. They tell you when you got to punch out. Right. They tell you that after four hours, you get a 15 minute break. After six hours, you get a 30 minute lunch. Another two hours, you get another 15 minute break. What's the difference between your job and being in prison? Prison directs you and tell you where you got to go. The only thing is different is that you get to go home on parole at the end of the day. Mm. But are you really on parole? Right. When you go home, your mindset is still thinking about your job. Your days off, you still focused on your job. Right. So when you take that mindset to understand that just because I'm not incarcerated inside of a, 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 a correctional facility, you're incarcerated inside of your job. That job is that correctional facility that you dedicate all your time and your work to. Right. People say to work to, to you get to age 63 and 65. People tell you to work to put money into your 401k and your job is going to match it. I got a letter when I finally fired my boss. Right. Finally fired my boss. I got a letter in the mail and the letter said that if you retire today right now, you will get a lifetime pension monthly for two hundred and seventy five dollars. If you wait till you 65, we're going to give you seven hundred and sixty five dollars. Nobody's promised to live to 65, but look how many, I put 20 years into a job that they're only going to pay me 200 and some change. I can't live my life like that. Mm. Right. When I finally left my job, I was making over six figures. I finally left my job, right. Fired my boss. I doubled my salary in six months. And the reason how I did that is because I bet on me. I got tired of betting on other people. I got tired of going to the job and helping them, you know, reach their numbers to the next plateau. Right. So my job was going in. I'm looking at P&L statements. I'm bringing in sales. I'm making sure that the job make money. So this job is a multi-million dollar company that's running off of my skill set. So now when you dedicate that same energy and time to yourself, you can make your own LLC. You can make your own company a multi-million dollar company by betting and investing in yourself. Mm -hmm.
So when you quit, you like you literally just hit the ground running, and you like what 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 happened? Like, yeah, what was like your first steps after you quit? So so no, I didn't, and and it's and, and it's very it's scary, right? Because when you work at a job, you get a guaranteed paycheck, right? Correct. So so one thing that everybody got to understand is that you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. You, you, you can't commit and commit yourself to this one particular check. So when I first left my job, well, I didn't even leave right away. So I knew that if I was bringing in a thousand dollars a week, I had to make that thousand dollars make sense to me mentally. So what I did was once I learned the LLC strategies, if I got one LLC and I called that LLC, quit my job, LLC. Right. I go to the bank. I get me a fifty thousand dollar no doc loan. I go to the bank, I get me a $25,000 business credit card. What, what, now, was your, what was your credit score at that time? Um, at, that, at that time, my credit score was probably maybe like a 715. Oh, okay, so you was good. Yeah, 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 I was good, I was good. Yeah, my, my credit score was a 715. So so um, I got the I got the the, the $50,000 in a no-doc loan, line of credit. So the line of credit means that it's revolving. I can use this repeatedly. Then I went back and got me a $25,000 business credit card. Now, mind you, any type of business funding does not show on my personal credit profile. So now I'm sitting on $75,000. This is half of my salary. So that means that when I left work, I was able to have six months on reserves that I can utilize in order for me to get on my feet. Even after I left, I still got nervous, right? I was going to tap into um, the uh, storage industry. So what I did was I left my job and I took a part-time job at a storage facility to learn their business. I was making peanuts, didn't even cash the checks, right? So they was paying me, I don't know, maybe 15, 16, $17 an hour, mm -hmm. right? I wasn't there for the money, I was there for the experience. So once I learned the, the uh, 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 storage space industry, I started investing. So that's my next investment is to get my own storage facility. Right. But I let go of the corporate job because I understood that if I can make 50 percent of my salary within 30 days, I had another five months to make it work. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I was going to make it work. There was no plan B. I, I don't believe in plan B's. It's plan A all day. Was you like was you in a relationship or married at this time? Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, <laughs> what, what was you thinking? <laughs> um, you know, so so. So, so for me and, and, and relationships and marriage, right? Um, I've always been a provider, right? You know, it's plenty of times that I, I ate Rami noodles and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because I had a mission, right? I, I didn't have no problem eating, you know what I mean? A, a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for, for seven to 10 days or for two to three weeks because in my mind, I knew where I had to go. But as long as I provided for my family to make sure everybody was straight, I was okay to starve. Because the starve gave me the hunger to keep grinding, to keep grinding. Now, you know, some previous relationships, people didn't understand my grind and my hustle, mm -hmm. right? People looked at him and were like, oh, you don't have time for a relationship. No, I ain't got time to sit around, mm -hmm. right? I don't got time to go sit at somebody else's table. I'm bringing in the table. So sometimes you got to separate yourself from certain relationships because a lot of us were sleeping with the enemy. That's true. Right? If, if you can't sit down and talk to your, to, to your significant other and give them the plan of action and they back you up a thousand percent, then you got to reevaluate your circle. Mm. Right. One of the things that I teach all the times is that a lot of people talk about family and loved ones. Right. Blood just makes you related. Mm. Your bloodline that, that flows through your body, it just makes you related. Loyalty makes you family. So if you're not loyal to the soil, then you can't plant the seed to grow a money tree. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So I need people that's loyal to the soil so I can get everybody planted so we can grow these money trees. So yeah, it, it was it, it was a struggle, but it was well worth the struggle. You got four kids, right? Yeah. Would would you be, would you be mad if they had a job? They or or they they gotta be entrepreneurs. Nah, nah, they don't. So so believe it or not, getting a job is probably one of the first things that you can do. That's great because your job is your first mentor. Uh-huh. Your job sets the skill sets for you to start your business. What happens is that we get handicapped with the job and we stay with the job. Okay. The job is a stepping stone. That's why it's called a job. Just over broke, right? J-O-B is just over broke. So, 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 so you got to make sure that when you getting inside of that job and you getting these, these skill sets, you have to be able to take these skill sets and level them up with an LLC. If I was working at McDonald's, right? I'm in the, you know, uh, in the back cooking the fries. I get promoted to start flipping the burgers. I get promoted from flipping the burgers to going to the drive-through. So now that means that if I'm working for McDonald's Monday through Friday on Saturday and Sunday, what am I doing? I'm not relaxing. I'm selling platters now because I can make burgers good. I can make fries good, right? So I'm going to sell the platters until I can get my my bank account up. I want to put my bank account on steroids, so that way I can go into the inside of McDonald's and like look. Here goes y'all two weeks notice. I'm done with y'all, right? So, so your job is your skill set. I learned how to read P&Ls from being in corporate America. I learned how to hire individuals from being in corporate America. I know how to budget million dollar projects by being at corporate America. I didn't learn that from YouTube. I didn't learn that from reading the book. I learned that from hands-on experience playing with somebody else's money. So your job is always going to be your skill set in order for you to leverage your business and your company. So if you if you started over right now, yeah. say you started over right now, say your credit score was like six eighty, mm, yeah. how would you how would you start over? That's a good question. That's a good question because guess what? When I first started out, um, before I leveled up, my credit score was probably a five twenty, right? Okay. But now from the information that I have acquired, a lot of people think that because your credit score is low that you have to wait or you have to you know try to figure this out. Like I was telling you before, blood makes you related. Loyalty makes you family. If you ask yourself the last gift that you gave somebody or the last gift that somebody gave you, was was that gift a liability or was that gift an asset, right? We got to stop giving out liabilities and start giving out assets. The asset is giving your family members an LLC. Zoom is free. Let me repeat that. Zoom is free. So if you evaluate your circle and audit the people that's around you, the loyal people that's around you, if you send them and say, listen, next Sunday at 7 p.m., we're going to have a Zoom call. On top of that Zoom call, I want to know what your credit score is. I want to know, you know, if, if, if Aunt Becky credit score is a, seven, a 700 and, I, you know, and uh, Uncle Ray Ray credit score is an 800, you don't have to be the person with the credit score. You're the person with the information, right? So if you got the information, you can line up any play that you want to do. You can use an operational agreement and use your aunt and your uncle to be inside of your business. Now your business got a credit score of 700 or above. You can take that to the bank and cash out. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think about Navy Federal? What, what would you do with Navy Federal? Mm. So with Navy Federal, right? You know, Navy Federal give um, loans out for uh, Airbnb. I'm sorry, not Airbnb, for Toro. Um, Navy Federal is, is, is a great bank. I would say that you want to build your relationship with Navy Federal so you can get the Navy Federal business credit card, mm-hmm. right? You can do 
um, the Navy Federal statement play, whereas though whatever money that you put inside the bank, Navy Federal will give you a statement loan based on your bank account where you can utilize their money. And then you can take the money out of that and utilize OPM so you don't have to use your own funds. So I definitely like Navy Federal. How many bank accounts you got? Right now, I probably got about seven bank accounts. Seven? Okay. Yeah. How many uh, credit cards you got? Uh, that's a good one. So uh, my personal credit cards, I have one personal credit card. Okay. And I got one personal line of credit. I probably have about 25 business credit cards. Okay. So everything's just business. Yeah. So I need y'all to understand this, right? You only got to make, you only got to do one thing once, right? And once mean own nothing, control everything, right? Own nothing, control everything. You want to become a ghost, right? You want to become a ghost. You don't want to have no liability in your name. Everything has to be inside of your LLC. Okay. How many, um, how much available credit you got? Mm. Available credit right now? If I had to calculate it, I'd probably have probably over about $2 million. $2 million? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, because like you got to keep in mind, my, my, my credit is not just based on credit cards, right? It's credit cards, lines of credit. Lines of credit. Right? So, you know, and, and you know, every time I purchase a property, I'm putting down 20 25%. Mm-hmm. So my strategy for purchasing property, properties are, the first play that I do is I do FHA. Because FHA, I'm going to buy me a multifamily property. I'm going to use that multifamily property to get cash flow, right? After the FHA play, I buy one single family, I buy two multifamilies, and then the next property, I do a flip. Mm -hmm. So every time that I buy that property and do a flip, I'm knocking down the mortgage on the property, and then I leverage the mortgage with a line of credit. Mm -hmm. So between my line of credits, between my credit cards, you know, uh, uh, between my home equity loans, yeah, we're sitting about a good mil. Two mil, sorry. How much you made off your clothing line? Clothing line? Yeah. Oh man, I love clothing line, right? So my clothing line, so so that's that's really my son's company. Oh, okay. Yeah, so so my ten year old owns the uh the 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 apparel company. Um I mean we we, we probably bring in about a good 30, 40k a year. Okay. Yeah, off of that. I mean, cause we, we don't push it as hard as I, I like to, mm-hmm. but now that I'm going on tour, as y'all see, you know what I mean, how we leveling up. Right. So so we're going to have that dropping. Um, the goal is to try to take that to six figures. I mean, he's 10 years old. You know, by, by the time he turned 18, you know, that, that that he needs to be bringing in multiple six figures off of that. OK. How many mentees you got? Oh, man. So, I mean, you know, mentees I got in my community, probably over 100. Over 100? Yeah, over 100 mentees. OK. Yeah, and, I, and I don't, you know, um, you know, I got to correct you there because I don't call them mentees. Right. So so one thing about it is that when you look at a mentee, a mentee is a follower. When you, you know, everybody growing up is a mentee, right? Mm-hmm. When you grew, when, when, as you was growing up, first you started off with your parents, your parents mentored you. So, so you was the mentee to your parents. Mm-hmm. Then you went to school, your teachers was, what was your mentor. So you was a mentee to, to, to the people, you know, in your school. But when you look at a mentee, a mentee is a follower, a mentee follow person, the person, the person, the person. I don't breed mentees. I breed leaders. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. at, at some point you got to graduate from being a mentee and become a leader. So in the Octagon Business Strategy Academy, we don't have mentees. We have leaders because I'm teaching people how to lead. I, I don't want anybody to just want to be a mentee because you, 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 you're going to be a follower. I don't want you to be a follower. I want you to understand on how to lead. Okay. All right, listen, I'm going to go through a, uh, either or. Okay, and let's after do After that, we're we done. We're yeah, going to yeah, go yeah. do some lead. Yeah, yeah, let's, 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 let's go bust a grab. Cool. Uh, rental property or Airbnb? Rental property. Stocks or NFTs? NFTs. Okay. Why, why NFTs? Because you know, stocks is a little. Um, 
stocks is a little tricky. Okay. Right. And I think NFT, the reason, so if you would have asked me that five years ago, I would have said stocks, okay. right? Because because I already got my I already got my money in stocks, mm-hmm. I'm going to play with NFTs right now because it's something new. Okay. So I'm, I'm always out to, to to try to venture out to something new. Who put you on the NFTs? Oh man, so um, so so I got a mentor. Um, again, like you know, I'm always in the space of being a learner. I got a mentor by the name of the millionaire, the millionaire barber, my okay. man Chen. You know, he he he's doing NFTs. He got that monkey. He got that monkey on his profile. He got that monkey on his profile, yeah. right? So so Chen, he tapped into different people. So I started tapping into Chen, um, and just following his lead, okay. right? So I'm not educated enough on it where I can teach it, but I'm definitely educated enough that I'm going to learn it. Okay. Um. Earn your leisure or sleep is for suckers. Oh man, oh man, um, <laughs> I'm gonna say both, man, because I, I rock with both of them. Man, Shan is my guy. You know what I mean? And um, earn your leisure is pretty tight too. So I, you know, <laughs> I, I can't say one is better than the other. So I, I like both of those podcasts. And, and any any platform that's helping people get information, I'm rocking with you. Okay, two million followers or a rental property. Rental property all day. Forget them followers. Listen. <laughs> so, so, so listen, I, you know, I, I got to say this to y'all, right? Because we so caught up with following people, right? But if you ever see me on live, I tell you all the time, don't share this live out with people that, that, that you follow. Share this live out with people that you care about. You know what I'm saying? Because them followers ain't loyal. That rental property, that's going to bring me in cash flow. Yeah, I can, I can try to monetize the 2 million followers, but the rental property is the short shot. Right. Okay. So I'd rather have the rental property over the two million followers all day. Eight fifty credit score or a million dollars? Eight fifty credit score. Okay. Eight fifty credit score is gonna get me over a million. Okay. Tour or Airbnb? Mm. I'm gonna have to go with Airbnb because I'm a real estate guy. Okay. Romaya or runway billionaire? Romaya or runway billionaire. I'm not even sure who Romaya is and Runway's my guy. So, you know what I'm saying? So, so I got right. the Runway Runway because that's the hometown right there. No no, no offense to Romaya. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, I, I haven't connected with the king yet. So, you know what I mean? But Runway's my guy. So, you know, hometown all day. Chris Askins or Douglas Depty? Doug, Doug Depp. Yeah, Doug Depp. Doug you know what Depp. I'm saying? So, Chris Askins, I, I, I met Chris today. Chris is, Chris is a thoroughbred. I, I, I like Chris. But Doug from the two one five baby, so you know what I mean I got got to run with my man Doug Depp. Okay, Tempest Nicole, or Atlanta hair doctor. Oh man, I mean Tempest Nicole was good. I, I like her. She she carried the monkey on her shoulder all the time. Good folks, you know what I'm saying. That's Airbnb. Um, but Atlanta hair doctor is the family. You know what I'm saying she she you know Atlanta hair doctor is rocking with my guy Chen, and that's the family. So you know uh, I'm loyal to the soil. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, millionaire barber, uh, uh, the boat goat. Oh man, so both both of them my guys. Both of them my guys. So you know what I mean. You know, uh, uh, I rock with Shad. You know what I mean. Shad is my guy. Millionaire Barber is my guy. So I mean, you know, I, I for, for for them two, I, I got to say both because they they both my guys. Yeah, yeah. I like them both. Neil or Carter Cofield. <laughs> I mean, you know, you always got to go with the mentor over the mentee. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, so, so Carter, Carter is in the inner circle as well as myself. So we got to go with Neil because he, he's the mentor, but Carter's my guy. Carter's my guy. Welby or Kamoy Martin? Welby or, yeah. or Kamoy? Yeah, Kamoy. my best. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so Kamoy's my guy, right? So Kamoy's my guy with the Airbnb. Um, uh, Welby's family though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, uh, I, I got to probably choose both because Kamoy is tight. 
right? I, I like Kamoy, he do his thing, but Welby's a beast with the real estate, you know what I'm saying? He so, is, is. you know, Welby's my guy. Uh, CEO, first lady, or him 500? <laughs> oh, man. So, CEO, first lady, I mean, she part, that's family. You know what I'm saying? That's family. Him 500 is family too. Um, you know, uh, uh, love both of them. Um, different perspectives, you know what I'm saying? You know, so uh, I, I guess I'll have to say in the morning time I'm rocking with him and at night I'm rocking with CEO First Lady, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, they both, both, both good people. Both good people. Marvin Mitchell or Doug Clark? Oh, man. So, I mean, Marvin Mitchell is family too. Uh, Doug Clark, you know, I'm just learning about Doug Clark. Um, Oh, uh, that, that's that's a tough one. I mean, Doug Doug is tight. Doug is tight, but you know Marvin teaching about the bank. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so Marvin's the bank. So, um, man, I, I don't know if I can split hairs with that one, man, because okay. both of them brothers are sharp. Okay. Both of them brothers are sharp. That's it, King. Appreciate oh, man. You, Yo, man. I appreciate you, man. Thanks. It's, it's a pleasure and honor to have me Thank out you. in Houston, man. And look, I just want to tell y'all, you know, everybody that's out there following me on my social media platform at Calvin Cannon Jr. on all social media platforms. Make sure y'all tap into this pop, this podcast, y'all, because, you know, the King right here is giving up this information, giving it out to y'all, making sure that, you know, y'all getting what y'all need to get to the next level. So how we leveling up? Let's stay tapped in, y'all, and apply pressure all year. 2022, we going up. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thank yeah, yeah, for sure. For Appreciate too. you.